Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is November the 8th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. It was uh, my first day back on the job since my little uh, little vacation, a uh, little car fix situation. Um, I gotta say, it felt like weird to be back, but I, I could tell it wasn't necessarily just because of work. Um, I don't know. I think um, kind of noticed. I guess it's just me, me being a little real with the listeners. Been in a little funk lately. Like you know, obviously the car, you know, all that kind of shit. Things going on, but uh, you know, it's just one of those things where I kind of realized, like, oh, my mood has switched and changed, and like I don't know how to get back. Like that, that's always a. Ugh icky situation when you find yourself there but you know i you know i take it day by day you know, i feel like you know one step at a time and we'll be all right <laughs> i know i'm just doing vague affirmisms kind of make myself feel better there but uh yeah yeah i know overall though today was good you know it was definitely busy you know catching up it felt like you know that is what it is that's another thing but overall, you know, good to get back in the swing of things. So, and and yet again, it was uh, the quietest drive I've had to work in months, and and that I'm still relishing. <laughs> I'm still still not over that. Um, so yeah, it, like I said, overall a good day. Um, food corner. Uh, I did the pasta, but I will say I I switched it up a little bit on the bread side. Yes, still bagels. But I upgraded them, motherfuckers. I put up two bagels this time, and I pretty much turned them into bagel bites. <laughs> I um, put some, you know, cream cheese on. I put some pepperoni on them, and then I put some, or I put some sauce and pepperoni on, whatever. And then, um, you know, some cheese, and I put the motherfuckers in an air fryer. And I gotta say, I think I I cooked them a little too long, you know, in the air fryer. But that being said. I like it a little crispy, a little bit of a char, if you will. So they turned out good for me. They, they ate well. Um, but yeah, you know, over other than that, pretty ho-hum, usual shit. Uh, let's see here. So yeah, enough about me. Uh, you know, I'm prattling on already. Uh, let me go ahead and take my break. Well, not break. Uh, start up, you know. It'll be a break later. <laughs> but yeah, let me go ahead and do that, and then we will get into some news coverage. All right. All right, let's get started. Our first um, article comes from Al Jazeera. ISIL claims Kabul bus attack targeting Shia Muslims. Uh, The attack is the second in weeks against Afghanistan historically oppressed Shia Hazara community. Uh, ISIL, or ISIS group, has claimed responsibility for a deadly bus attack targeting the Shia Hazara community in Afghanistan's capital, Kabul. The blast in the Dashti Barachi district, a Hazara stronghold, killed seven people and wounded 20, police said on Tuesday. The attack was a second targeting the oppressed community in recent weeks. 
Um, security officials have begun investigating the incident. Uh, ISIL took credit for the attack, saying via its Amok News outlet that it had detonated an explosive device on a bus carrying Shia Muslims, according to the site intelligence group. The group claimed a deadly explosion in a sports club in the same neighborhood that killed four people and critically wounded seven in late October, according to Taliban authorities. Uh, let's see here. They, they do kind of cover a little bit more of the history here about how, like, um, blasts kind of, um, they went down um, after the Taliban seized power. Um, you know, them filling up that vacuum, you know, left by, you know, the U.S. Obviously, the U.S. was definitely causing a lot of fucking problems just being there and making, you know, shit just way too active, way too fucking fucked up and hectic. Um, but it does seem that, like... Um, uh, let's see. Uh, however, a number of armed groups, including the regional chapter of ISIL, remain a threat. We've kind of covered this a bit, you know, a little bit um, here and there. But essentially, you know, yes, the Taliban took over and, you know, we're, we're obviously not fans, you know, of that. That's not good. You know, they definitely have, um, you know, a way of dictating that, you know, it's definitely not good. But um, at the same time, they aren't the only group there. They aren't the only group fighting for power with, you know, things to say. So, you know, you now have uh, the Taliban in charge trying to, you know, oversee all this shit. And, you know, they're kind of the ones at the wheel now. Um, but, yeah, obviously this is something that's very, you know, unfortunate. Um, there was a fact, but I think I'm just going to try to pull out. Um, yeah. Afghanistan's Hazaras and other Shia Muslim communities have fa faced decades of abuse and state-sponsored discrimination, including the by the ruling Taliban. The oppression includes arbitrary arrest, discrimi discriminatory taxation, displacement from their traditional territory, and summary executions, according to the United Nations officials. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's definitely, you know, it, it's a really sad situation, you know, for this group of people that they have to, you know, you just every day is not a promised thing. You just want to live your life and, you know, and you know, do your thing. And the next thing you know, it's like, nope, someone's going to try to fucking kill you for just being who you are. Um, obviously something's very fucked up and, you know, sadly it's, it's, you know, especially lately, it's a lot of the kind of covers I've had to, you know, kind of talk, talk about and wade through. But, um, you know, that being said, it doesn't make it any less relevant, even though it's going to be hard to listen to cover whatever, but, um, you know, do want to highlight it. Cause obviously all these people's lives, they, they definitely matter. They're important. And, um, you know, it, it's just good just to talk about the awareness thing because I, I know that it can be so easy and maybe, you know, I don't think I'm the only one guilty of this, but like you go, oh, well, there's this problem in the Middle East or this problem here. And then you just blank out on everything. And I, I think something for me that this has just been a good exercise is just look like there's always going to be shit happening. You know, the world's always turning and burning. And like, I want to try to do my best to just know what's going on and, and stay heads up about that shit. And, um, you know, I know maybe there's not much I can really do outside of talk and spread set awareness, but I mean, that's, that's something. So, you know, I'll take it. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on to the next beat from Detroit free press, Detroit police arrest suspect in killing of Jewish leader, Samantha wall. Detroit police have apprehended a suspect in the slaying of Samantha wall a prominent Jewish leader and president of the downtown Detroit synagogue. Detroit police chief James White updated the public in a statement Wednesday afternoon, but declined to provide further details. 
While this is an encouraging development in our desire to bring closure to, for Miss Wall's family, it does not represent the conclusion of our work in this case. The details of the investigation will remain confidential at this time to ensure the integrity of the important steps that remain. Um, just to kind of, you know, update because we have talked about the story before. Wall's body was discovered on the morning of October 21st with multiple stab wounds outside of her Lafayette Park home. A trail of blood led investigators to Wall's home where police believe the crime occurred. Now, something I didn't touch on, but I wasn't exactly sure on like what the logistics were because she was found outside. It is believed that she was initially stabbed inside. So she, you know, let the killer in and then this happens and then she was trying to get out and, you know, stumbled and fell outside. So that's a, you know, obviously a big development in of itself. Them um, actually having a suspect. Um, and also something that, that I think is really major just with the climate of everything going on right now, White previously told, uh, the public that he is confident the killing was not a hate crime or motivated by anti-Semitism and urged the public not to jump to conclusions. Uh, because that was definitely, you know, on the forefront of everyone's minds, um, you know, with everything just going, going on right now lately. I know that was kind of even the slant that I, you know, had the coverage because it was like, okay, that does make sense with, you know, the... Should provide it. But definitely, you know, that's why I wanted to make this update because they were saying this from a place of confidence when they said it and they meant it. Um, you know, you never know that when a, when a fucking cop starts talking. You just don't until, you know, you actually see the proof in the pudding. But uh, Wall had attended a wedding the evening before and left just after midnight. Police were scouring uh, video footage from the neighborhood and along the route of the wedding venue. Uh, let's see... They said that she appeared happy when she returned home. Um, and then also adding that there was no force injury, in, entry, sorry, at Wall's home. She is believed to have been attacked sometime between 12.30 a.m. and 6.30 a.m. when she was found dead. White said investigators believe Wall had stumbled out of her home after the attack and collapsed in her yard. Um, so yeah, it's definitely leaning that this is maybe personal in nature and not necessarily like, you know, an anti-Semitism thing. Um, so I think that is good to, you know, call out and diffuse and, you know, to say that, but that being said, it doesn't take away from, you know, Wall's life and, and, and her death and that this, you know, something that needs to be solved and, you know, we get to the bottom of that. So hopefully, you know, her family can get that closure, you know, the community, you know, the people who loved her, know her, knew her can get that kind of closure. I think that's very important. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I just felt like it was a relevant thing to once again talk about. But, um, you know, speaking of, you know, the current climate, you know, shit going on, um, another story I wanted to talk about from NBC4 Los Angeles, Jewish man dies from injuries suffered at pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian rallies. A Jewish man died Monday as a result of injuries suffered during altercation at a pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian rallies over the weekend in Thousand Oaks, according to the Ventura County Sheriff's Department. The 69-year-old man, identified as Paul Kessler, was injured in a confrontation during the rally northwest of Los Angeles that involved pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian protesters. Details of, about what led to Kessler's death were not immediately available. According to Ventura's uh, County Sheriff's Department, a pro-Palestinian rally and a pro-Israeli rally were happening simultaneously at the intersection of Westlake and Thousand Oaks Boulevards in Thousand Oaks. 
The rally was one of many in Southern California and around the country in the month that followed the Hamas terrorist attack in Israel and the ensuing Hamas-Israel war. Um, just something I wanted to stop and really talk about here that was just relevant to me, just listening you know, to some of this coverage. Uh, the BBC just immediately hit the slant and they didn't call it a pro-Israel, pro-Palestinian like rallies. They didn't call it that. They called it a pro-Israel and an anti-Israel rally. And just little tweaks like that when you when you talk and you give a story mean everything. And that is the kind of propaganda that I am so want to talk about because I think it's important. I think that sometimes it can just feel it can feel subtle or look minor, but it is very relevant because that is not the case here. And we do not know all the details that took place here. I know that there are definitely two sides on the story, you know, saying this and saying that. And I know that the police are trying to, you know, get to the bottom of it. Um, but essentially it was an altercation and um, Kessler, I believe, is pushed and he hits, you know, hits the ground, hits his head. And that leads to a lethal injury. Now, I believe they are talking to the other person involved, uh, you know, from the other side um, who did the push. Uh, he hasn't been arrested as of yet, but, you know, they are in communication with him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that, you know, you know, you need to get to the bottom of and, you know, sort out, you know, a man died and that, that shouldn't have been, you know, the case. But to ratchet this up and be like, oh, this is immediately like, you know, anti-Semitism at its maximum, da 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 I feel like that is taking the conversation where to a place where it shouldn't be. Like, these are two parties, these are two groups, and essentially... They are at their most upset. There's a lot going on right now. There's a lot of unrest here. And clearly, cooler heads did not prevail. Like I said, we do not know the details here. But I think to just to just strike this as like one side did something wrong and like the other side was victimized, I just don't think that's fair. I don't think that's right. I don't think it's correct. Um, once again, I still think, you know, more details and things need to, you know, you know, hit the hit the scene, what have you. But um I, I just think it is important to talk about this equally in balance in the sense of like, look. You do not want to see more Islamophobia. You do not want to see more anti-Semitism. You want people to be able to come out and talk and express their feelings in a very safe, productive way. That is the, the whole point of these protests. You know what I mean? And um, I think no matter what side of this conversation and discussion you're on, that should be your, you know, full 100% intention going into it. Um, you know, obviously I do know that things can get heated and things can be tense, but... Um, that's just got to be at the heart of it, um, because sadly, like the, the biggest thing, once again, going in and talking about propaganda, I've, I've talked a, a little bit offhand about some of these, you know, uh, rallies, protests, you know, going around. And it's so insane to me. It's so crazy that you see all these people coming out and saying like, hey, you know, we are in support of Palestinians. You know, there are so many atrocities and stuff going on. We want to stand and support and like really do what they cannot do and be voices and give them that platform that they don't have right now. And, like, that gets subverted by, like, small groups and pockets of people. And that is what media will cover and focus on first and foremost. And they go, oh, this is an anti-Israeli thing. They they said the chant. They said from the river to the sea. Like, come on, man. Like, the style, you, you can't even say free Palestine. Like, I've said this before. I'll keep saying it, bro. That shit is wild to me. That, that just should not be fair. Um, this is a bit of side talk, side news. But uh, Rashida Tlaib. The only Palestinian Congress member has been censored 
for saying that more or less for her for you know having her opinion stating what's going on and saying hey this isn't right we shouldn't just be like just funding this backseating this but how she worded it however she said it was wrong and like literally was quote unquote so wrong that republicans and like i think like 20 28 fucking democrats jumped ship to censor her what the fuck is going on here like that's insane to me when meanwhile the other side can just say and do whatever the fuck you know what i mean that 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 you're not gonna get censored for that at all so um you know, I know I'm kind of jumping and weaving here, but that, 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 you know, these are stories that, that I really did want to cover and talk about. And I know there's so many more. I'm going to try to get to, you know, more covers. We're obviously going to get back to, you know, Gaza, get back to Israel. We're going to cover more of that shit, uh, maybe in future episodes, of course, future episodes. But yeah, um, just wanted to talk about this incident and, uh, I guess give my two cents there. Um, weirdly, I guess we're going to talk about something lighter, even though, I don't know, WeWork is, is something that's always been kind of interesting to me, and I've learned little bits and pieces, and the, the, it definitely is one of those less I know the betters. Uh, but that's what we're going to close out on here. Um, let me go ahead and take my break, and then we will uh, put a pin in this. Undo this doodle. No, I don't know. That's not a phrase. You don't say that. Mm. Ooh, okay. From the Associated Press. WeWork seeks bankruptcy... Ooh, I'm falling apart. WeWork seeks per, uh, bankruptcy protection and stunning fall for a company once valued close to $50 billion. Um, let me... <coughs> try to give you Isaiah's definition of what WeWork is. So essentially you have a building and this building has a lot of, you know, space in it. I think usually it is like kind of office type buildings already or what have you, or it's just like big building, you know, landlord group, whatever owns it. And um, essentially WeWork comes along and they were like, hey, we will, and you know, we'll buy or we'll lease out this, this area release out your building we want the space here and then what they'll do is they'll renovate the space and make it so that hey you can have your company here you can have your little startup your little techie thing what have you you can come and work here and do it for x amount of months years whatever and um this will just be a super great easy situation and then when you're done and we're done we can just you know give it all back and everyone's happy easy breezy beautiful everyone's making money um so this was like a very like cool like seemingly great idea and i mean it's still a thing people still you know use this kind of method of uh i don't know what you want to say real estate i guess whatever but um apparently they've been kind of you know they've, they've been fighting since fucking jump street and now it's kind of not a conclusion, but definitely a big hit for them with this uh, bankruptcy. Uh, WeWork has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection, a stunning fall for the office sharing company that once promised to up in the way people went to work around the world. The filing comes at a time of incredible disruption in the commercial real estate market. The COVID-19 pandemic led to a spike in vacancies in major markets from New York to San Francisco are still struggling. 
but it was an, an aggressive expansion in WeWork's early years that led to the bulk of its current troubles. The company went public in 2021 after an attempt uh, two, two years earlier collapsed spectacularly. The debacle led to the ouster of founder and CEO Adam Newman, whose erratic behavior and exorbitant uh, spending spooked early investors. Now, this Adam Newman guy, he's a, a whole ass fucking character. Apparently, I think he was like um, like an Israeli businessman. Is an Israeli businessman. He's still at it. He's still doing his thing. I think he's, he's pitching a new project now. Uh, but... I mean, he was kind of like a wild guy. Like he he came in definitely with like the I feel like the disruptive kind of ide ideology or what have you. Um, and at the same time, he was trying to party. Like every time I've heard this guy in the same paragraph, it always is in the middle or the end. Is like he also then is like trying to get you to do a shot. He's trying to do some tequila shots. Come on, let's fucking go. Let's do it. Tequila time. And in that regard. Adam Newman might be my guy because if you run by my cubicle and say, hey, you know what time it is? And I'll be like, hey, uh, what's up, Mr. Newman? What, what, what do you need? What time is it? It's tequila time, bitch. And I would be like, oh, shit, let's go. <laughs> I would be so down. So I would be working at WeWork if, um, you know, I had the opportunity for sure. But um, he also had like other kind of zany things that like, you know, the average billionaire just wants. He like wanted to like live forever. It's like, of course, man. Of course you do. You have so much money. You have more money than God. Why not be him? Of course. I, of course I get it. And, you know, you're doing so great with this, this stunning WeWork business that is just flourishing. Uh, except it wasn't. Like it was doing so bad. Like, yeah, they had this problems with, you know, being able to go public. That was a whole fucking issue. They were also just in massive amounts of debt, which is obviously why they are here. Uh, they had a, a Japanese uh, bank, like lender, I think it's called SoftBank. Uh, they were more or less there to bail them out and essentially took on the brunt of this shit. Uh, yeah, Japan SoftBank stepped in and stepped in to keep rework afloat, according to acquiring majority control over the company. Rework shareholders are largely wiped out, uh, though SoftBank, which owns nearly 80% of the equity distributed in the company, is likely still in negotiations after losing billions of dollars. So they're eating their shirt. Apparently also in this bankruptcy process, I know I'm kind of jumping around here, but um, landlords are eating their shirt potentially here because like, that's one of those things, right? Where I'm like, yo, like, yes, you get to erase your debt, in a bankruptcy but that's like one thing when you're like a person like there's still things that like are tied to you though right and that's like a, no matter what whether you're a person or a company so it's always weird to me when like a company can just be like i declare bankruptcy and then they can literally like well what are you gonna do about this debt though like how are you gonna get rid of it like and they find magical ways to kind of do that and i guess in this situation the um landlords might be eating their shirt a bit um so i mean hey that, i guess that might be a little bit of a silver lining but, um, you know, at the same time, it, it seems like it's more or less a massive downsizing for WeWork. There's still going to be a thing. So, you know, there's going to be like, I guess, maybe more layoffs and, um, you know, less locations. But WeWork, the idea of it, the company itself is still going to be a thing. I've also heard there are other like, um, like clones of this kind of company that are that are also a, a thing and thriving. And people are still using WeWork. Um, they still like the service despite like being like, a little cautious and weary right now because obviously things have not looked good and things look kind of bad right now. But if it's working for you, I, I get it. Like, you know, why would you want to move your little tech company somewhere else? And, 
you know, have to deal with different pricing if you don't like it, right? So I don't know. I know this is me explaining reworks very terribly. I, if you can listen to Wall Street Journal if you want, and they did a better job of it than I did. Um, but you know, fuck Wall Street Journal. <laughs> I just listened to them do a story about, um, uh, organs, uh, uh, legalization on like hard drugs. No, they didn't like legalize it legally, but you could do like small, like a bits of hard drugs. And that was like a thing. And I don't know. I thought the covers was dog shit and uh, very slanted, but um, interesting all the same. Um, but yeah, they, they, they do a good job on talking about we work better than I did for sure. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you could just Google the shit. I don't know, <laughs> but I thank you so much for, you know, coming all the way over here to this side of the internet and uh, listening to little old Mingy gab about some news. I always appreciate that very, very much. Uh, but if you'd like to take your support to the next level, lever, if you want to pull the lever and take it to the next level, uh, <laughs> patreon.com says a news. You do become a newsy. I shout you out at the top of the month and um, plug a project if you'd like. Uh, let's see. Free ways to hit me up. Isaiah news one at gmail.com. And then I'm on all the socials that you're probably on and using and liking or maybe hating, but you know, I'm there as well. Um, waiting for you to comment, <laughs> um, you know, feel free to, you know, say what's up. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Please subscribe to the YouTube. That helps out a lot. Thumbs up are always great. Uh, hitting the bell is cool. Comments are rad as long as they're positive, you know, please be positive. Uh, let's see here. Um, and you can do that on whatever feed you're listening to me on or whatever browser thing. If it's Apple or Spotify, you know, go ahead and hit that respective button, comment, say what's up. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye.